Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It was a huge day in the fantasy football and best ball landscape. Obviously, Jonathan Taylor, crazy news. We'll get into that. And of course, cut day. Teams are cutting guys. Not a ton of surprise cuts, but some very impactful situations that we will get into here. A little bit more confirmation on some backup running backs and some end of the roster guys. We'll dive into all that and, of course, try to diagnose what the heck to do with this Jonathan Taylor and Colts news. Here on Spike Weeks, it goes. Let's do it. Three, two, one. Lift off. You buried the lead. You buried the lead. Lamar Jackson got cut today. God, you are click. You're a clickbait artist. <laughs> you should go work for ESPN or a local newspaper. They got to do all that. So, okay, we have been known to rant about stupid stuff, uh, particularly recently. Some things like soup that people don't like us ranting about. But the 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 thing that you mentioned there, like in terms of like a clickbait, joking uh, like headline or whatever. Mm-hmm. I've known at like at least all of my local like St. Louis like newspapers and stuff like this. I don't really know exactly how true it is around the country, but if you're like on Instagram or I try not to get on Facebook, but they send so many damn notifications that I have my ADD or my OCD. I need to like close out the notifications, but anyway, anything on social media, the way they word these headlines is so triggering to me that because obviously and then you have to pay right you have to pay to to access or whatever and it's like this long running restaurant in downtown st louis you know and it's like 50 words that everyone loves is shutting down in a week blah 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 and it's like well of course i would like to know you know is what restaurant is shutting down but like they like it's like if we were like lamar jackson got cut today you know and did a thumbnail of like oh my god or whatever you're like total clickbait um but it just reminded me of that because it (laughs) it it totally triggers me and something that triggered me today was this total nonsense with Jonathan Taylor. I don't know what's going on. Uh, on one hand, uh, I'm curious how you've been handling him and the whole situation. 
for me, I, I understand why people were taking Jonathan Taylor in the second round. And like, in terms of our rankings, I didn't have him like too far past ADP or whatever. I think he was, I think he was fine in the second round, even during all this chaos, right. Uh, Even like before then he requests the trade and I'm like, Oh man, he's falling after requesting the trade when the trade might be like the thing that really, really unlocks his upside. Right. If he goes to the dolphins, it's like, holy shit dude wheels up for for jt and so in the mid to late third sometimes in the fourth round i was taking him i I had like one percent jt before all this stuff and i'm i was hammering him i was setting out in drafts to take him and i was doing things like i I was taking a bunch of him with evan hall i I have teams with jt evan hall and Deion jackson just being like dude get like if he gets traded just give me all these you know running back points i don't really care how they happen and so now, after a week of pummeling drafts to, to, to take this guy, this was like the only outcome that you didn't want if you've been taking him um, of late. And so this is like worst case. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't have a lot of like really insightful things to say. We'll get into where uh, we think he should be ranked and what you should do with him and how you should think about him. But it, this is, to me, worst case scenario. Um, obviously, coming back to the Colts was like, not the best, but not the worst, and getting traded somewhere um, that wanted him, that was assuredly going to use him, was the nut outcome. Like, especially if it's Miami, um, was great. And so this doesn't get much worse than this. I don't know if that's how you feel about it, but that's how I feel. I was already not drafting Taylor. I, I just looked at my exposures today just to double check and see what I have. I had one percent on underdog, so like one or two teams or something like that, out of like two hundred and something teams. And I have 3% on both DK and on drafters. So the drafters is going to go down as well. Sometimes you just got to take a step back and listen to what teams are telling you. I know I've said this a few times throughout the year, but this situation out of all the running back situations, there was like three levels of like gross this year up top where it was like almost neutral was the Saquon Barkley one, which got resolved really fast. Right. Shout out Saquon, by the way. He was like, he was the quickest one to be like, I should probably just take this bag real quick. This is not going to end well. Right. (laughs) And and, like nobody else really learned from him. Jacob's finally caved. Right. But like nobody has really learned. And Saquon was, Saquon is the smart guy in the room. Apparently they're giving out good educations at Penn State, but maybe not uh, at Wisconsin. Well, Josh Jacobs was number two. And you kind of felt like that was going to fall in line with what Saquon did. He ended up getting a little more money. But the JT one was already down at the bottom as soon as shit started coming out. As soon as we started hearing about trade requests and the Jim Ursay thing, who's clearly a psychopath as well, just based on not only this, but some of his other stuff that he has going on, right? Allegedly. <laughs> his life. So, like, it felt like it was heading to a bad end. And what this team was telling me much like I thought with the Raiders, is that Indy is going to be dysfunctional this year. You're bringing in a rookie quarterback who has major upside, but he's going to be a developmental project, right? Like we know that about Anthony Richardson. Yeah, he might come in and rush. There's going to be a lot more rough games than good games, I think, this year for Anthony Richardson. It's not going to be pretty. Then you add the Jonathan Taylor stuff. Shit's starting to swirl around there a little bit. And I just 
kind of went, all right, not taking the Colts. And look, you want to take Colts because they're playing the Raiders week 17 because it's in a dome. I mean, dude, bad football teams are going to be bad football teams. And if you think that it's going to lead to scoring, then God bless. Go do what you want to do with that. But the Colts have told you all offseason that they are getting ready to rebuild. They are not negotiating with their players properly. They're not building a good football team currently. Oh, no. The saving grace is maybe their division's the worst division in football. Maybe. NFC South has something to say about that as well. But that's like the saving grace for Indy that they're still in it. But if they're if a team 90% of the time when a team is telling you something, you need to listen to it. You can't go against it. Like it's just that simple sometimes. And maybe I'll be wrong. And maybe the Colts will be good and I'll lose a lot of money because I wasn't going to bet on the Colts. But I feel good about not betting on the Colts this year, is what I will say. So that includes Jonathan Taylor. That includes Anthony Richardson to an extent. Um, that includes Pittman. It, you know, like I'll take some shots on Pierce Slade and stuff like yeah. that because of because of price. But there are teams that are actively telling you they're going to be bad this year. The Colts, the Cardinals are, I mean, has anyone ever told you they're going to be as bad as the Cardinals have told you? They're going to be. They, they traded for Josh Dobbs instead of trading for Trey Lance solely because, like, they're, Trey Lance is worse than Josh Dobbs, I think, in, like, right now. But there are outs. to Like, there is a chance Trey Lance is not complete, like, right? Like, could, oh, my God. He got out of San Francisco and maybe, you know, Shanahan just hated him and he pops in and wins them a couple of games. They were like, we are tanking so hard. We cannot risk bringing in a guy who might have some upside. We got to get this dusty veteran who, you know, is not like Josh Dobbs. Honestly, the shout out to him for the the, the end of the year with the Titans, you know, with the Malik Willis thing and coming in and, and starting or whatever. He's going to just be, you know, that crappy backup that's not going to be a total embarrassment. Right? He's not going to be Nathan Peterman. But they 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 didn't even want to risk taking an upside shot on a guy because they want to be bad so terribly. Um, and I think that that's really what the Colts are doing. I think those two teams in particular have given us the as you said the clearest indication of what their plans are. And yeah. I think a lot of teams we're going to get to later in the season. Um, we've talked about this with like the Raiders and stuff. Why we are being very cautious and timid towards uh, all Raiders. Like, again, unless it's like, you know, maybe Zamir at the end or Michael Mayer or something like that, who could actually gain upside in this out in this, you know, this type of an outcome. But it's like, if things go bad for the Raiders, like they're not tied to Jimmy. They're not tied to Josh Jacobs. They're Devante ain't going to want to play if they're bad, you know, like they're not tied to Hunter Renfro. They're not tied to any of these dudes. Frankly, the front office is not tied to Josh McDaniel. He may be fucking gone if they, if they suck, which I guess is a, a perk for them trying to win but like that is at least a situation where oh the rate in weeks one through four or whatever the raiders are going to try to win games i'm very yeah. confident in that i'm not confident they're going to be able to do it which mm -hmm. will uh, later in this in the season but the colt dude the colts uh, I, I, I i tweeted the the indianapolis colts are an unserious football team they are not they are not serious they are for anyone that played has played you know madden over the years i don't know if this is something that other people do or not. it's just a, a an illness that that i have but particularly back in the day i don't really play anymore you you start a franchise with like the worst team in the league right my favorite was when the when we had expansion with the texans get the you get to do the expansion draft you know you're going to suck right but you tank you're like 
I don't want it. Like, I'm not going to play the games and win and lose out on the number one pick in the next draft, right? You want to lose the games to get the first overall pick in the next year. You, right? You import the draft glass, you get the superstar quarterback, whatever. That's what the Colts and the Cardinals are doing. They are competing to get the rights to Caleb Williams or, right? Obviously, they both have quarterbacks, but that number one pick, whether they want to trade Kyler Murray, right? You get rid of Kyler Murray and you bring Caleb Williams in, or, uh, the Colts would probably roll with Anthony Richardson unless it's a really a big disaster this year, which it could be. Um, but you could like someone is going to pay a fucking king's ransom for the 101 next year. And it's like that thing, this this is the most valuable like time to be tanking. And these two teams have shown us that. That they're they are both completely unserious. They are not even just like like we're talking about from a fantasy perspective and all that. Go look at the Colts defense go, go look at the roster. And I bet you can't name almost any, any of those dudes because they, they are starting like late round rookies in the, in their secondary this year. Like and there are dudes out there you could go get, I mean, Bradley Roby got cut today. He's like a, I'm not saying he's great, but like the saints cornerback, like there are dudes who can come in. You can probably feel the, not horrible secondary with, but they were never interested. They never brought anybody in, right? Cardinals, same way. They're not bringing, they're not bringing dudes in, right? Like I'm surprised Zach Ertz is even back practicing. I'm surprised they didn't tell him just to shut it down. Oh man, maybe we'll trade you at the trade deadline or something. Like these teams are not trying to win. So to your point, they're, they're showing us something. And so on the JT thing, we, me and you were the same in a second. Once he demanded the trade, I was like, the market took him when he was with the Colts when I didn't want him at a higher price. Then he says, get me the hell out of here. <laughs> and the Colts are willing to do it. And he's falling, like sometimes to the fourth round. I'm like, well, if I'm ever going to get this chance to get like a hero fourth round Jonathan Taylor team, you know, with like you could build, like, I built like robust running back teams with like late third Jonathan Taylor, fifth round Brees Hall, and like sixth or seventh round JK Dobbins. It's like that opportunity was never going to be available to me, like in the history of fantasy football. So I took some of that and, you know, you know, the risks, that's just how these things go. You, you have to understand that there's massive risk in those situations. But generally speaking, like you said, with, I, I really, I hardly draft any Cardinals, a little bit of Trey McBride, a little bit of Keontae Ingram. I really don't like the Michael Wilson thing, but I understand why people do it. And on the Colts, same thing. I take some Alec Pierce cause I like him and I think he's pretty good. They all we'll get to this in a second. Uh, they're 53 man roster. Josh Downs, same thing. Last round pick, like going to play in the slot full time for the Colts. They're going to suck and be trailing a lot. Um, I don't touch the tight ends because they kept five of them motherfuckers on the active on the, the 53. And then obviously I've been known for my Evan Hole love because in the last round pick, I might have a starting running back. I know they're going to suck, but he's going to catch. He catches passes. Uh, so it's like if he's going to get goal line carries and catch passes, I know they may only score seven points, but he might be the one that get, that gets it. And that's all that matters in the, the last round. So um, same thing as you. I, I think it's a good day to kind of take a step back and think about, like, what are these teams showing us? Right. Like they're definitely showing us their hand. Not everybody is. But like those two teams in particular, the, I, and I, part of why I was buying JT is because I feel like the Dolphins have showed us our hand on the totally opposite end of the spectrum. I think they're like the new the new Saints, where it's like we don't care about the cap, or the new Rams, I guess we don't care about the cap. We don't care, you know, like what's the 
uh, Michael Jordan, fuck them kids, uh, uh, <laughs> meme or whatever. It's like the Rams and the Dolphins, like fuck them picks. Like I don't want my draft picks. Give me all the veterans because I'm going to try to win a Super Bowl right now. Like Mike McDaniel wants to win a Super Bowl when two is cheap and when before Tyreek retires, <laughs> you know, and before they got to pay Waddle. Like now is the all in time. So I thought that they would probably do it, but apparently the Colts' asking price was just they wanted well, more. That that more was always going to be the problem. Yeah, Ursay's not the, a sane. You're not working with a sane human being. He because they were going to ask for too much. The Colts knew exactly what they were going to do this entire time. They knew they weren't trading him at this point. Trade deadline if they're you know two and four, which their schedule isn't the worst schedule to start the year. They start. They start against uh, the Jags, which, you know, is tough. But then they get the Texans. The Jags are going to kick their fucking teeth in. I already brought that one. It's already gone up like two points. But they have the Texans, the Rams, and the Titans and three of their first six games. The other ones are the Ravens and the Jags twice. So they could theoretically be three and three. I would assume they're not going to be. I would bet more likely they're going to be one and five at the end of that stretch of six games going into like the trade deadline area but the, the colts knew they weren't going to get what they were demanding for a trade because whoever was trading for jt was also going to have to sign a contract extension right and you're not right. and, and even if pay, you say fuck those picks to, to you have to pay a, a draft pick yeah. haul to pay a running back for 40 million for three years like that's absurd yeah, yeah they're never going to do it so like it, it was always this was always the way this was going to go and I'm not trying to say I'm some sort of clairvoyant because someone brought up in the chat, you know, show the Kayla, show the Malik Davis exposure. And my Malik Davis exposure on like on DraftKings is like 17. No, this guy, ignore, ignore this guy. He comes in here just to be a douchebag. But, but I, I have like 2% on the other two sides. But on DraftKings, my Malik Davis exposure is high because we all thought in the beginning of the offseason, like Malik Davis was probably a lock for that job. It felt like it. I mean, I'm he not was the, he, he was the RB three last year. He catches passes. It's his best skill set. He got to play last year and was pretty good. Actually, yeah. I I was not a Malik Davis guy even when he was at Florida. Uh, he was splitting with uh, Damian Pierce, but like he he showed like Rico Dowdle, dude. Nobody saw Rico Dowdle coming. Right. There's a like people are we're talking about. It's funny we're talking about this in the Discord and. Uh, people were on Rojo because it's like no one even knows who Rico Dowdle is. He's never played in the NFL, but apparently, right, he's been hurt and the Cowboys have been high on him the whole time. He must be showing stuff in practice that they like and he's just never been healthy. So we did, but we didn't know that, right? Mm. And now we now we do. We learned that's new information. So but we weren't working off that in May and June. We had no fucking idea. It was how could you not assume Malik Davis was the next man up? given all the information that we had. We, you could also understand there's uncertainty, but I think that it was a totally reasonable thing to assume. But then when you learn more, right, that's how all this, this shit works. I didn't know that Kyron Williams is like going to be in a 50-50 split with Cam Akers. No chance. I was drafting Cam Akers uh, before. Same. Now Same. now I just take Kyron Williams in every draft. <laughs> but right. it's like I didn't know that. I didn't, Like we learned stuff over the offseason. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, and just to to put a close on this Jonathan Taylor thing, the way I ended up playing it was I know you took Evan Hall, which I think was was fine as well. I took some Evan Hall, but the way I played it was I started drafting more Kareem Hunt. And the, yeah, I think the late rounds, mm-hmm. I saw Leonard Fournette. Like I was already high on Fournette, so I kind of smoothed it out since they did work out Kareem Hunt. I'm like, you know. I don't like the offense. The offense sucks, but we're talking a 19th round pick, 18th round pick 
for a guy that might come in and just immediately get all the volume that he wants because that way they can just kill a guy that they don't have to play next yeah. year. They right? may want – right. Hall, I don't know about Deion Jackson. Hall might be a part of the future plans. Kareem Hunt is just going to go out there and be a punching bag. <laughs> right. They don't care. So, they don't care. So I, I've been playing it with taking Kareem Hunt. But, man, I was looking back at some high-stakes drafts that I did, like that Mastiff and Jonathan Taylor going in the second round there. It's like, man, that's got to be such a gut punch. Like you take second-round capital for a guy that – Definitely isn't playing the first four games and might just not just might not even play. It sucks. What do you think? What what do you think happens? That's what only Blur asks. Uh will JT even play in twenty twenty three? And I think it ends up in court. Like to be honest, like I don't I haven't heard this scenario, but if the Colts try to shut him down for the year due to quote unquote medical conditions, and JT says he's ready to go and he's viable to play, and they and they put him out on some sort of injury thing so that they so that he doesn't accrue his year this might end up in some sort of like jt not playing this year end up in court and might just be way worse than we expect it to be i don't know anything i'm not a lawyer or anything but like just that's the way i was trying to think it through earlier today it's like what is the worst case scenario and that feels like worst case scenario i mean i, I let's just say it's in the moment this just happened i did expect I, I didn't expect this outcome. Of course, this was always possible, but I, it also doesn't make a lot of sense in terms of his trade value to keep him on the pup, right? You should probably activate him, and that way you can continue to negotiate trade, right? Like, no team's trading for him now. All you did was just <laughs> screw up your trade negoci- negotiations for a month. Um, so, just it, a lot of it, you know, didn't really make sense but again we're not dealing with a sane organization or a sane human being in in uh Ursaid. so um i i don't have a lot of you know super super strong takes i just say my, my sentiment is very negative but i think that that's probably what everyone is in the moment it just doesn't seem sometimes so like the josh jacobs thing he was clearly pissed he clearly you know wanted to get paid knew he knew he really wasn't going to get paid in vegas And was just like, fuck this. I'm not going to go to camp. And it always felt like everyone said, like he would just show up eventually, you know, Mm -hmm. now eventually you you could, it could have been during the season, but it was probably, you know, he was just going to take whatever 10 million or whatever the franchise tag is and, or whatever one year deal they agreed to and, and take that money and run. Um, There weren't a lot of, there weren't, yeah, literally there weren't a lot of uh, really alternative outcomes that made any form of sense. Whereas this one, was like <laughs> the most sense to me was probably him staying on the Colts, but them taking him off the pup, even if he wasn't going to be active on game days, and then um, try to trade him over the course of the you know the next six weeks. But I don't know, man. I, I don't. I don't have <laughs> the whole thing is toxic. The Colts seem really toxic. They're clearly not trying to win, but they also clearly are trying to you know eventually just wait this thing because if they're not trying to win, they have no incentive to sell him low. Even though I mean they really have no other if they're going to trade him since they fucked up his whole trade value but it's just weird i i, I don't I, I don't have a really a prediction um i have right. a lot of strong takes about tons of different things but i would just say um I, I wouldn't be feeling super hopeful about jt uh right about now over the course of the season and i don't think the colts give a shit and i don't think that we should treat them as like this isn't even like lev bell with the steelers where that was awful right for fantasy but 
at least like you kind of knew the Steelers probably were going to do something eventually. This is a relatively sane organization, even though they employed Big Ben and AB. But like it, they weren't going to do something kind of this crazy. Man, with the Colts, I, I really have no idea. So I don't have a I don't have a strong take. I am trying to to put a bow on the JT conversation and get to some more a uh, little bit more level headed camp uh, cut day stuff. I'm I'm trying to finish up the kind of ranks. You know, probably the last or one of the last updates to our rankings with all the cut day stuff and JT is really impossible to rank. Is there a, like uh, there's always pretty much a price where you probably take the swing on the upside of, of someone like him, but where would you kind of think about starting to, to slot him in, in terms of rankings where you might draft him? Oh, dude, I don't know. He's way behind. So he's behind like Rashad white for me at this point. So he'd have to slide. God, is he even, like I know it sounds gross theoretically as much as I do like Brian Robinson, but wouldn't you still kind of want Brian Robinson over JT at this point? Or is it, or that might just be the sweet spot for it. Like right in that range where you might be like mm, the upside, maybe, he, but I don't know if he's ever going to, I don't know if there's enough time for him to slide back that far as well. Yeah, that's we got the problem. That's the problem. Eight or nine days or something left right now. Something, I think he'll get there. I think he'll get there, but it'll be real late, right? We're, it's not like we're going to have a lot of time to pounce on eighth round JT, but I think he would eventually get there if this, you know, if we had more runway. I was just looking. This is so this isn't how I have him ranked. Fifth uh, rounder. I know he's not a fifth rounder. You you take Jake no, Dobbins. No. You take no. Brees Hall goes in the fifth round on DraftKings. <laughs> I'm yeah. not taking, I'm not taking JT around. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely not. So, um, to your point, so I'm definitely I'm not taking obviously over Brees, you know Aaron Jones, Ken Walker, Madison, Pierce, Dobbins. I know I hate Miles Sanders, but I take Miles Sanders over him. Uh, mm-hmm. I take James Cook over him. I take Javante Williams over him. Um, you know I don't really love the David Montgomerys and Cam Akers and stuff, but I would probably take them. James Connor is an interesting one because I want no, <laughs> I want absolutely at least yeah, he's talking about two guys I don't the- want. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I have James Conner ranked really low and I literally have never taken him unless it was an auto draft. Um, so I, I think I'd probably take JT over James Conner uh, because I think JT has outs to being traded still in the season. Yeah. What probability sure. is that? I have no fucking idea how to, to line that at least not yet, but I, I don't really see any outs to James Conner going somewhere. I mean, I guess technically a trade is possible, but JT is at least like really good. Connor is you're, just... you're drafting JT for him to get traded at Correct. this point. You're not drafting JT for him to play with the Colts again. I was like, that's just the way I look at it. So you're, uh, we always talk about threading needles and stuff like that. And you're adding more needles to thread for this situation to pay off. It's not just will JT play it's will he get traded? And like you said, it is more likely towards the trade deadline um hacker brings it up in the chat that cmc got traded at the deadline last year i think that was very very much more a unique situation for a unique player like not that jt is not upper echelon running back but Mm -hmm. cmc is this whole different breed that just really fits into what you would think the 49ers in particular would want to do with their running backs so i i just we're talking draft capital. We're talking contract extension. We're talking a team really needs to be down bad, but still in the hunt for a Super Bowl. I don't know, man. It just it seems like we need a lot of shit to happen in order for Jonathan yeah. Taylor to to be viable. If you want to start taking him at that James Conner range, I I understand it for sure. 
I'm probably just going to hit a wide receiver there most of the time. Right. Um, but at this point, the the only good outcome is for him to be traded. I do think in terms of the running backs, yeah, I would take him over Connor. But like, I'm not taking. I don't even like Rashad White, but I would rather have Rashad White. I think right now, I'd rather have I'd rather have DeAndre Swift. I'd rather have Pacheco. I'd rather have yeah. Khalil Herbert. I think, like you said, I think in the Washington, it's so like I like both the Washington guys more than James Conner and more than Dalvin Cook. And the ADP doesn't necessarily dictate that, but I think it's there. I think it's so. What's that? Tenth round, ninth round, tenth, ninth or tenth round or something like. Because then also to your point, I want I, you also have to compare it to wide receivers and probably quarterbacks too, but generally wide receivers, right? And if like. Bateman's still around or Burks is still around or somebody like that. Like I'm going to take those guys too. like almost regardless of structure, you know, I guess unless I started seven wide receivers, I'm going to take one of those guys over him too. So it's tough. I, I, I'm I've got some. So, and I've got some in the third and fourth round. Most of my stuff is in the third and fourth round. That's still going to not going to be great, but these contests are almost full. Most of them. So like, yeah, there's going to be some teams that get later JT than me, but I, I still got generally good prices on JT. So I'm not really worried. And I don't think like you don't always have to buy the falling knife, right? You're like, ah, shit, you know, he's falling. This is going to be the right time to fall JT. Like you can full fade him, dude. The odds that any one individual player is the guy you need, especially when we know they're going to miss four weeks and we know he doesn't want to play for the fucking team that he's on right now. Like the odds that he's the guy you need is like really, really thin. Like, I think it's okay to just throw them in the trash and move on. And, and, uh, and that's okay. Um, if you want to dip your toes in right now, like you have drafted zero of him and you're like, maybe now's the right time to take, you know, three or four JT teams. I think that that's fine too, but I think it's, yeah. Seventh, eighth, ninth, 10th. some you know, somewhere in that ballpark, um, is, is what I would do. Um, yeah. this is, this is just like the last thing. Uh, uh, definitely at least you don't have to worry about health. He's not injured. So that is, that is certainly nice. But yeah, like hacker says, you know, I think that this is, this is kind of the case. It's the case for probably to me, Lenny, um, maybe hunt if he doesn't sign with the Colts, right? It's the case for these veterans too, along with JT. So it's funny that he's in the same boat, but that's what the Colts are going to be hoping for. I mean, that's fucked up, but the Colts are going to be like, hope Eckler goes down because the chargers are trying to win a super bowl, you know, hope Mostert and Wilson both go down. Right, right. Hope Dobbins goes down. So somebody, so one of these teams come calling for JT and then you do get a second rounder for him or something like that. Um, but right now, I think it's just sit tight and uh, move on. Let's uh, uh, actually, this is a, a, a fair question. We can move from JT, but into the Dolphins. I think everybody was expecting if he was were to get traded, it would be to Miami. Um, uh, to answer this question, not really, <laughs> uh, but we need a little bit more news. I think over, you know, we still got what eight days or nine days to learn about the health of uh, Jeff Wilson and Devin A. Chain. So I don't. I, I right now I would say no. I would rather find somebody else. But you know, we could get to next week and Wilson's full practice, and then I might change my tune a little bit. But I do think Mostert's going to get the first snap, almost regardless of what happens over the course of this next week, and then. Um, what are you thinking about this last week of the Dolphins running backs? Are you are you pretty into drafting them, or how are you treating them? I'm still firing. So I had a ton of A-chain already. So I'm not taking him as much because I'm just trying to smooth out a little bit of my A-chain exposure. But I've been grabbing all of them. I've been grabbing A-chain. I have a decent clip of Mostert, a decent clip of Wilson. It's just feels like you want exposure to one of those backs. 
yeah. currently in this season if they don't trade for JT throughout the uh, throughout the off season. Uh, so like, I just I feel like you're going to be wrong on one of them for sure. One of them is not going to be fair fantasy at relevant least. this year, mm-hmm. at yep. least, probably two. But I, I think you can spray and pray like on Dolphins running backs, especially at cost. You know, you're not you're not investing huge huge capital on them. Like a chain was the highest at one point, which was like what round 10, 11, yeah. somewhere in that wheelhouse, which, which is honestly where I got most of my a chain exposure. Me too. Which I'm still fine with, to be honest with you. Like it's it is what it is because we're just talking about flipping guys from rounds back, like Gainwell and you know some of those guys, and they just kind of flip I mean, flop. My H a chain, Damian Hare, right? It all these like there's there's gonna be tons of movement. You're gonna buy guys that rise. You're gonna yep. buy guys that fall. You're gonna get new late round picks with gut right. Like I. I have Kyron Williams, you know, now on teams when I had Malik Davis, like you said, at the beginning, it's like so much shit changes over the course of the summer. I try not to worry all that much about, um, right. As long as you don't move right now, uh, I'm trying to think of, uh, a guy who fell and Jameson Williams is probably, uh, one of the exceptions where you're like, Oh fuck, this guy was going in the eighth or ninth round. And now I'm not sure he's draftable and he's going in the one seventies or one eighties or whatever. That's, the, but that's a rare, that's a really rare example, right? Um, or the opposite generally is like a run, the starting running back gets hurt, backup goes from the 12th round to the fourth round or whatever. But other than that, dude, 20 picks here and there, so much stuff changes. You don't want it. You're like, I'm, I'm not seeking that out, but like, I'm not worried about my Damian Harris teams when I drafted him at 120, when he's going at 145, 150. I, I, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It seems like it's going to be fine no matter what. I mean, realistically you always want the value but we also know it doesn't fully matter you're still it still depends on the construction of how you built your teams and who you put them with and how it might be the construction you need you might need two second rounders to win an entire tournament this year instead of a first rounder like and that's going to be more viable with the later rounds for sure so like yeah you don't want to get nuts you don't want to be taking michael wilson in the 12th round but you know, if we're talking two rounds between 12 and 14, like who cares? Just grab them. That's a great question. Mr. Shadow Dog says I was offered a swift kick in the butt for JT. Do I take it or hold out? I assume it's not Dynasty. I would not sell low on him in, in Dynasty because his, his career is yeah. not over. He's going to yes. be just fine. Um, I do have him in one of my longest running Dynasty leagues, and I did turn down a big trade for him a couple weeks ago, and I'm tilting my face, tilting my fucking face off because I'm trying to win. Uh, I have a really good team that also happened to have the 101 that I traded for. So I got I have JT, Javante, like a bunch of studs, and I got Bijan, added Bijan to it. And so I should be really good. And then this dumb fuck is not going to play all season and I'm not going to win. And I traded away my first round. Anyway, um, in redraft, I assume this is, uh, this is redraft. Honestly, it, I would probably hold but uh, and, and see, like kind of do what the Colts are doing. And kind of wait and see, does anybody get desperate? Do we get some more news? You know, see if you can grind out a couple wins to start the season. But if you told me, like, I'm going to get a, a starting tight end or something for him, and I just want to, like, I, you know, redraft is so different, right? Like, I, I, I honestly would be okay. Like, dude, if somebody said, I'm going to give you Kyle Pitts for Jonathan Taylor right now, I'd be like, and I need her tight end. Like, 
I probably just take it because at least that gives you a chance to win for those first four weeks. All you got to do is get in the dance. You know, this ain't best ball where we need that top 0.0001% outcome. If you're just, you know, trying to scratch out some money in your league, I'd be fine dealing them. Yeah, for sure. Um, All right. Let's talk about uh, some of the other kind of most notable things that have happened on cut day. Uh, We'll start um, there's not not like a, a total ton, but this is definitely, as you see at the top of your screen, a sicko show. And I feel like Cut Day is very much a sicko oriented and very much a best ball grinder focus. Like in your redraft leagues, there's maybe a couple things setting JT aside that happen that are impactful for you. In Dynasty, maybe there's a little bit more stuff that happens to you. But in best ball, I actually feel like a lot of things, it's very much around the edges, you know, and in the 17th through 20th rounds, uh, things that matter here. But uh, two, I guess I would say uh, two big things for sure. I'm going to call it m- maybe three big things happen for me. And I want to see if this uh, are kind of some of the biggest things for you. One, back to the kind of original point, we were talking about what the Colts and the Cardinals are showing us. This is not a cut day situation, but Kyler Murray is not being pulled off of uh, PUP as well. And so he's going to be out for the first four games at least. So similar, he's, he's the, JT of quarterbacks. Uh, mm-hmm. We don't we don't really know what's going to go on with Kyler Murray. And as we said, they are showing us their hand. They have showed us their hand all summer in what their intentions are. They have two first. They have two probably early first because they have the Texans first next year. And so they're building for next year and, and in, into the future. They don't really have a lot of reason <laughs> to uh, play Kyler Murray. And so I have not been drafting Kyler Murray either. Sorry. I understand. I understand why people might because he's Kyler Murray and he's going very late. And you know, the week seventeen is all that matters. Blah blah blah. But I think it's uh, uh, as you totally outlined. I think they've shown us their plans here, and I, I don't have a lot of faith that a Kyler comes back immediately after. Um, he is coming off blowing out his knee, so it, it isn't just like they're yeah. shutting him down like JT. They, he's 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 a running quarterback who is not even a year off of an ACL tear. Combine that with how bad they're going to be on offense. I mean, he's throwing to a bunch of dudes his size. Their offense is like <laughs> legitimately hilarious. If like, I know they have Michael Wilson <laughs> playing on the outside, but like if they wanted to somehow try to play like Rondale Moore on the outside, they could have a five, nine quarterback with a bunch of like five, nine and five, seven wide receivers, like not even fucking kidding you. Dorch and Rondale are both five, seven Hollywood's like five, nine or something. And Kyler is little, they have this awful offense that I just don't have any faith in. Um, and I don't have faith that he's like, we talk about like, Oh, week 17 is all that matters. It's certainly possible that they want to get him back out there late in the year and see what they have in him. I think that would be smart, but that's a really big assumption of rational coaching and rational organizational management. And I don't know that they, I, I think we might just see like Clayton tune or, you know, somebody out there in week six. like, why would you send Kyler out to go get beat up by the Eagles in week 17? I don't have a lot of faith in it. And I think it just shows kind of what you said with the Colts, that the Cardinals are, are pretty unserious about this season. And I'm personally not drafting him and uh, a little bit of Trey McBride, a little bit of Keontae Ingram. I get the yeah. Michael Tom or uh, Michael Wilson thing, but like, I'm not really taking Hollywood either. Um, no, he's kind of like a, maybe a shittier version of Pittman, honestly, in that, in that comparison. But uh, just, it was a pretty big, big deal. Actually. The fact, I think that they re- they'd shown us their cards, but this was like, okay, now we flipped them over for sure. We know what the Cardinals are doing. Yeah, and we go back to that original point I made with Jonathan Taylor about threading needles. So the Cardinals are showing you they want to be bad. 
They, they, I mean, there's no other words for what they've done with this roster this offseason than that they are tanking this year. The next red flag is the knee injury, like you brought up for, you know, Kyler, who I always thought was a smart runner, but he's not going to be able to run like he used to. And really smart runner. Some people need to take notes from him. Like Josh Allen should take some fucking notes. That dude, Kyler slides yep. like crazy. He doesn't yep. take any hits ever. Yep. Gets out of bounds. Like he, he's smart, but he's still coming off the knee injury. He's not going to run like he used to. He shouldn't be running like he used to this year. So the dead season for the Cardinals, right? He's going to be out four games. There's a heavy chance they're Owen four. And if the <laughs> knee's not hundred yeah. percent, why would he come back at that point? So we extend his out. Now, all of a sudden, they're two and eight or something like that. I mean, I think that's being optimistic, really. Their I win don't total see is three wins. and a half. You mentioned the Colts might be to you know, have two or three wins. I don't, I know that the Texans are not very good. I know that, you know, like the Rams and stuff are not very good. Those teams are at least trying and they have some talent on the roster. It's not great. They're not going to make the playoffs. But like, dude, the Cardinals, it is fucking bleak for the Colts and the Cardinals. They are. They, they, those rosters are bad. Like the Texans have an infinitely better roster than the Colts. And so I struggle to see any wins for either of those two teams. We're talking, they're starting off traveling west to east to play the Commanders. They're at home against the Giants. They have the Cowboys, the Niners, the Bengals, Jesus the Rams, the Seahawks, the Ravens, <laughs> the Browns, right? The Falcons may be winnable, theoretically, but I think the Falcons are better. Way better. Like you said, they got the Texans then, but that's November 19th we're talking about. when They got to beat the, the Rams in week six, I think, not to start 0-10 or 0-11. Okay. And do you bring Kyler back at that point? Because what the hell is the point? What What is the point? Like, you're a $35, 36000000 million a year quarterback, guaranteed, by the way, for the next three years, I think, something like that, where he's guaranteed money. If he's A, going to be your quarterback of the future, why do you bring him back off the knee injury? And B, if you are going to trade him in the offseason, why are you going to bring him off the knee injury? And like, he's going to look bad, probably, especially on a bad team. It's only right. going to hurt his trade value. Yeah. Unless you want to get him some reps, like maybe. But, I mean, come on, dude. Like, this Cardinals thing, it's a trap. Like, like it's a trap. It's one that I'll, I'll walk into the trap in the 17th and 18th round. For <laughs> right. the guys you said, Trey McBride, Keontae Ingram, like – uh, some of the younger guys that are going to get playing time just so they can get out there and, and do some shit. Michael Wilson, you know, if he's in the 17th, 18th round. Yeah, I'll, I'll step on that landmine for now because it's probably a landmine. Let's be real. We're talking about this Cardinals offense. But other than that, every time I drafted Hollywood this offseason, it felt gross. It never felt like the right I know. thing. There's I certain know. guys you draft and, and you were doing it in the beginning because you're trying to talk yourself into the Eagles bring back for week 17. It's, yeah. like, it's like, you know what? There's a If we get to week 17 and we're building Eagle stacks for DFS, we're probably just looking at onslaughts with no bring back. Like, is the way or, that I'm... Or, right, like McBride. It's like, oh, uh, the punt tight end, which yeah. is literally, like, think about that. Like, when you're making a DFS team, I would like the $3,000 tight end on DraftKings or the $4,500 yeah. tight end on FanDuel, like... Pray to God you get the week 17 you got from Trey McBride last year, right? Yep. They were shit last year with Colt McCoy, whoever was the quarterback. He goes seven for 75, somehow stumbles into the end zone for their one touchdown. Like, I don't want to be counting on James Conner luck boxing 30 touches in week 17, his old dusty ass, right? Or Marquise Brown. You know, it just, um, yeah, any, any Hollywood I've taken, 
I have three percent Hollywood on underdog. Um, it feels bad. It's like I, I just, you know, like you said, you, sometimes you just become a zombie. You just take the best guy, or you, oh, look at this value. That's a the big. That's the bigger fucking trap than just like the Cardinals and Colts unserious bullshit. Is like oh, his ADP sixty five. Oh look, it's seventy eighth overall, and Hollywood's still on the board. Look at this value I'm getting. It's like buddy value is great unless they don't score any fucking fantasy points which is what's going to happen with with the cardinals so yeah, yeah. Now, I, I i will draft some uh uh trey mcbride right like in three punt if you're punting off tight end you're taking three or something i think trey mcbride's fine last yeah, round Deontay Ingram. that stuff's that stuff that stuff I, I i like those guys yeah I, i'll take those guys but i stopped drafting hollywood i never drafted james connor i wasn't drafting kyler murray um it just it all seems bad like they just seem like bad picks overall i like hollywood like you know individually as a player if he's mm-hmm. on the right team this ain't the team this ain't the team to take hollywood so i'm just i'm kind of out on everything they're doing in arizona i agree all right next one um well go we can cover the malik davis thing because it's pretty quick um malik davis gets cut for the cowboys um obviously tony pollard makes the team and then uh rico dowdle has pretty much locked into the number two at least as of now uh and deuce fawn does make the team as the number three and then they're keeping their fullback uh so you want to talk about a team showing you what they want to do uh the cowboys are definitely showing us that they love this new fullback guy that they have and um uh, I don't want to get too much into it. There's a ton of conversation in the, the Discord today. You know, Rojo is technically uh, still around because he's suspended for the first two weeks. But um, most of the indications that we've gotten, uh, it's certainly possible something happens over the course of the next three weeks and it changes and maybe Rojo makes the team and they cut Deuce or something. But it seems pretty unlikely to me. I think this is pretty much it. Uh, I wouldn't ever completely rule anything out from Jerry and the Cowboys. Things can change. Um, but kind of like what you said with teams showing us their hand like this was the situation like i pivoted i'm I'm not saying i have like huge rico dowdle bags or anything like that but i once they showed us like no we're fucking serious rico dowdle is the backup to tony pollard it's not malik davis and obviously deuce vaughn is like a gadget type type guy he's fun cool story but like deuce is never gonna you know play 60 snaps in an nfl game um too little uh to you know do a lot of the in between the tackles and pass protection stuff but Mm -hmm. they showed us and so i'm sprinkled some rico dowdle in there and uh also made me feel better about tony pollard i think i think they've shown i think they've shown us that they're confident in those guys i think rico dowdle's a totally fine last round pick um now and i feel even i i think tony pollard it's probably a late first round should probably be a late first rounder, like maybe right after Bijan or, or even next to Bijan, something like that. It's just, we've always been worried all summer, right? His ADP kind of got anchored because everybody thought Zeke was coming back and then Zeke didn't come back. And we're just like, well, Lenny's still out there, right? Hunt's still out there, blah, blah, blah. It's, I'm, it, it's not a 0% chance that those things happen, but I feel pretty confident in Pollard. And I think Dowdles are totally reasonable. Uh, last round pick. Anything else for you with the the, the Malik Don't. Davis thing, other than RIP to your Malik Davis yeah, bags? Malik Davis bags. <laughs> well, for Malik Davis, they're saying that the Cowboys actually do want to, if he clears waivers, they practice want to respond to the practice squad. So, so he's so an like, injury away from being the dream's back on not dead. Active, yeah. The dream's not dead. And if, and the other thing is, if he does get signed by a team, he gets signed by a team. Like, is the Malik Davis thing going to pay off? Most likely not. 
and, and there's harder paths for it too. And I'm not going to draft them anymore, but it was most likely never going to pay off in the first place. <laughs> right. Right. Like we kind of knew that, like we thought maybe there was a little bit of standalone value. Like maybe he would get some stretchers on the field, but it's going to be Rico Dowdle, like whatever, like got that one wrong. I'm okay with it, but yep. I'm at 20% Pollard and BBM right now with five teams yeah. off the draft. Yeah. I right. Feel, because I feel, good about that. I feel great about Pollard. I thought he was mispriced all year was grabbing him as much as I could, especially when you were getting him at that two, three turn. How could you not grab him there? So I, I think that it is all about Pollard and kudos to everyone that has their Pollard bags packed because I think, you know, obviously barring injury, we're going to be very profitable because of Tony Pollard this offseason. Other thing about Pollard is look at the destruction that happened with those second and third round running backs over the course of the, the summer, and he's the one who survived. Right. Obviously, yeah. Saquon ended up surviving. Nick Chubb has survived, whatever. But like Ramondre got Zeke. Uh, Jonathan Taylor is literally not going to play football. <laughs> Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs is fine. But if you know, if you took him in the late second, well, you eventually you were able to get him at the late third, early fourth. Uh, you know, so it was just destruction amongst all those guys. And Pollard just kind of just kept humming along, you know, and uh, never really rising. I anyway, he rose a little bit, but nothing super crazy. And uh, I think you should feel really good about, about Tony Pollard. They're going to run the ball, uh, which is a little terrifying for the Cowboys, but that offense is good, man. That offense is loaded with talent, uh, including him, but bringing in Brandon cooks, getting Michael Gallup back another year off the ACL, even really want to get sicko down into the weeds. Apparently Jalen Tolbert has remembered how to play football after being one of the worst rookies in the NFL last year. Jake Ferguson, you know, Dak is singing his praises. I do like that. Um, yeah. Poor Jake Ferguson. I know he's risen up a lot too, but like I would feel good about him and I'm still drafting him in the one sixties or one seventies or whatever he's going at right now. Um, when the quarterback is like touting up the tight end said quarterback who made Dalton Schultz a thing, right? Like uh, I, I'm going to listen. Uh, maybe it'll be wrong, but I feel, I feel good about all these Cowboys really. I mean, not Brandon cooks, I guess, but I feel, I feel fine about all these Cowboys Pollard being, being my Pollard and Ferguson for sure, being my favorites. Um, I don't drive That's, a ton of the other guys, but I, I, the Cowboys look good. It's a good offense. I smashed a little bit of um, Brandon Cooks and the weekly winners uh, on a couple teams just because I think that's a better format for him. Here's a question I have for you because people smarter than me are on the other side of this, and I'll narrow it down to two names because it was a, a rank of four that I saw on Twitter. But Pollard versus Barkley, who do you like more? Pollard. Same. Everyone else seems to like Barkley. but So my Barkley exposure is a little bit is pretty low because I just, I prefer Pollard over him. So I've been doing that more. Like if the two are on board, I'd rather just have, I'd rather just bet on Pollard this year. So that's what I'm doing. Um, Yeah. But Ferguson, making, I have a ton of Ferguson too, but yeah. making sure, making sure this is in the, the rankings. Yes. So I have Pollard 15th overall and mm-hmm. Saquon 18th. Um, so not like a big deal, but uh, so like you get through, um, into the second round, Garrett Wilson, 13, Amon Ra, 14, Pollard, 15, Waddle, 16, Devontae, 17, Saquon, 18. So that's kind of how the second round sits for me, which means you're going to get plenty of Pollard, uh, certainly plenty of Garrett Wilson, certainly plenty of Jalen Waddle, not much Devontae, <laughs> and probably not much Saquon. So um, that's kind of where that stands for me. This is a good question. Um, probably should have covered it during the, the JT stuff, but we also talked about it. 
Uh, well, yeah, I have. We kind of hit on it a little bit. I, I've talked about it because I haven't shut the fuck up about Evan Hall for a month or yeah. a month and a half or whatever. But um, what, what I will say is uh, <clears throat> it's not so much just an Evan Hall take. It's actually an anti-Zach Moss take. Um, so I have been taking some Deion Jackson. I am most bullish on Evan Hall because uh, I think he has the biggest, uh, like most well-rounded skill set. I mean, did uh, we're going to get Twitter highlight clippy and I get it. But uh, did you see the pass block that he had in the their last preseason game? So the oh, highlight clip that went around, the low light clip. But uh, Richardson actually made a re- like steps up in the pocket, oh, I did really good this. throw to Downs yeah. over the middle on third down. It goes right through Downs' hands. That's the yeah. clip that's making the rounds. But Evan Hole was in on third down, by the way, because uh, he's a fucking killer pass protector. And Deion Jackson's like kind of little. Deion Jackson's kind of like a, more like. He's, I'm not literally trying to make this comp, but like JD McKissick, like he's a good receiver out of the backfield. He's pretty springy, but he's like a littler guy, not a great pass pro guy. Whereas Hall is kind of a, a big, strong kid. And uh, he just stepped up and knocked this dude the fuck out, literally decleated and put him on his back, which is like, honestly shocking. That's a blitzing linebacker. And you just lift him off the ground and <laughs> throw him on his back is hard as shit to do like it defies kind of you know science and logic or whatever but so th- that clip's going around and all i can see is i think hacker sent it to me first it was like i know this is a an ar highlight but look at your boy evan hall on this play and i was just like oh my god but um i do think it sounds silly like oh why are you caring about the pass blocking thing but i think that's one get you on the field ex- yeah th- this is how this is how you get on the field Right, he's a better goal line runner than Deion Jackson. He's a better pass protector than Deion Jackson, and and he is a he's a very capable wide receiver, and he's a great athlete. Are they going to suck? Yes, but that's good for him actually. Like if they were going to be good, guess what? JT would be there, and probably Deion Jackson might be playing over <laughs> might might be playing over him. It's not going to be pretty, right? Um, but in terms of the last round pick, I'm still very very much Evan Hall, and I think Zach Moss is terrible. Um, I don't think Zach Moss is really going to get to play over those other two guys. Uh, he yeah. may get on the field when he comes back, but he still has a broken arm right now. Um, I think it's Hall first. And for sure, if you want to bet on late season stuff, right, in best ball, when we care about the playoffs, uh, yeah, like give me the Evan Hall for sure. But I, I'm not like – I have some Deion Jackson as well. I actually take them together occasionally because it's like I can just wrap up this backfield in the 19th and 20th round on DraftKings. That feels, that feels pretty good. Um, but yeah, yeah this Hall, is I'm Hall as well. It's it just like I'll take Hall, and like I said earlier, it's Hall and Kareemont for me. I'm not going to diagnose this one, but I, I, there is something to this. There's something to this. Uh, uh, I will say they're going to rise now. Um, so hopefully you got some of those guys before because now with JT for sure out, we're going to get those guys right uh, rising in the DK draft. I did uh, just a little bit before this. Uh, they both went like before pick 170 or something that could be an outlier it's not going to happen right away but they're going to rise for sure um but yeah team evan team evan hall for sure uh the one one other big thing Mm. i would say to me was uh the the rashad penny is going to get cut for trey sermon fucking uh conspiracy theory nonsense was bogus all along we knew it everyone knew it And this poor beat writer that is unwilling to hold his L out there being like, I wonder if somebody picks him up on waivers. Like it's Trey Sermon, bro. No one's going to, no one's trading for Jonathan Taylor. No one gives a shit. They're not using their waiver claim. 
on Trey Sermon. These running backs don't matter. This poor guy is really, really hurting because he predicted Rush, Rashad Penny to get cut for Trey Sermon. But it is important for best ball in that Trey Sermon didn't make the team as a fifth running back, and which really would have made our lives terrible. And we have these four guys. I think we can pretty much we all know what Boston Scott is, kind of a special teamer and uh, emergency guy. And you have this three-way committee, which talking about teams showing us their hand, they like over the last couple of weeks, that's every report is Eagles are going to be a committee. Eagles are going to be a committee. And so I feel the exa- literally nothing has changed for me all summer with the Eagles. Um, I think you can take all three of those guys. I prefer Rashad Penny, but if you re- prefer DeAndre Swift or Kenny Gainwell, that's totally fine. Um, I think Rashad Penny, the reason why the sermon thing matters is because Penny is the only one of his specific skill set on on that roster, whereas Swift and Gainwell are a little bit more similar. Uh, sermon could have maybe been a little more similar to Penny, a really shitty, really, really shitty version of, of Rashad Penny. But you got those three guys. And so if you thought, um, you know, there was a risk of Sermon, you don't have to worry about that anymore. Sticking to my guns. I'm not drafting Rashad Penny. You can't hey, it's. Me. You it's it's fine. It's you, fine. Him and him and Kadarius Tony are going to be great for two games this year, <laughs> and they're gonna, and they're going to miss they're going to miss the rest of the season. But I'm going to enjoy those those two games. It's kind of like Sam Darnold for the first month last year. It was fucking glorious. He was leading the NFL in rushing touchdowns. I got to celebrate, post a bunch of Sam Darnold gifs on the internet, and pretend like I you know in week twelve I just pretend like it never happened. It never you know, happened. Just the, disappeared into the bush with Homer exactly. Simpson. Exactly. That's going to be the Rashad Penny experience this year. We're going to get one like three touchdown hundred yard game, and then he's going to get hurt and i'm gonna pretend like i don't have 30 percent of him you missed the other big eagles news today though you're saying we're wrapping it what, up greg ward no they traded oh albert oh yeah albert they traded for a tight end today <laughs> they, they got albert O on their team which probably means nothing but it's like man goddard there there's some competition there now a little bit a little bit I- I think so. What I will say is he's not going to take Goddard's job. But if you wanted to get frisky in the last, like, right, like we're drafting Isaiah likely, right? Uh, you and I occasionally, you probably more than I, I'll sprinkle a little Noah Gray in there or some shit like that. Yeah, might as well. I've right? done crazier things than Albert. Right? You get locked. You're out having troubles. Hurts. Yeah, I was just going to say, Hurts is the hardest really quarterback hard, to stack. Hardest quarterback stack in the whole league. Uh, well, him and I would say him and Tua, but at least Tua goes later, so you can kind of map it out a little bit. But you're you know, not stuck with Tua ever. You're not right, just like, exactly. You're stuck you take, with Hurts. You take Hurts late second. Devonta go. You don't have AJ Brown. Devonta goes. You're fucked until Goddard, right? And sometimes that doesn't work out for you either. I've done crazier things than, dra- yeah. than draft Alberto. Let's just say that. So uh, it's you know twenty, especially twenty rounds, going to draft three or four tight ends. Yeah. I don't see why, I don't see why not shit week 17. I mean, we want to really, uh, gal brain here against that Cardinals team, that unserious ass Cardinals team that we're talking about before Eagles got the division locked down playing the worst team in the NFL in week 17. I don't know. I'm just saying there's crazier shit. There's, there's, there's crazier shit. You know, you're not going to get this advice anywhere else to draft Alberto now, but I don't think it's, that crazy at like a couple times on a team or something. A few darts. We're not saying to go nuts, but maybe a dart or two here or there. Sort of like the Noah Gray thing. Um, oh, I guess I should also say this is not it. Uh, this is I'm, I just have an underdog uh, tweet up here, and there's a couple things missing, like the like the trade. Um, but it reminded me, Jameson Crowder gets cut, but more importantly, 
Wandale Robinson's coming off the PUP and he's going to make, he's on the active roster to start the season, which was a little bit of a stunner. I think we all, I think it was like even a week or two ago, they were like, oh yeah, he's definitely going, he's going to start the year on the PUP. And um, that's not the case. Uh, they have changed their tune over the course of the last couple of weeks. Uh, Crowder's gone. We still have an absolute shit show <laughs> of uh, wide receivers there. Uh, but he doesn't have a lot of competition. Uh, let's just, he has a lot of competition in quantity of bodies. He doesn't have a lot of competition in terms of talent in the slot. Uh, him and Paris Campbell and Sterling Shepard, I think they would probably, it's probably him and Paris in terms of uh, the real competition in, in the slot. And if Paris Campbell is your only competition and he was earning a lot of volume last year, this regime did draft him. Now, they brought Paris Campbell in too, but Dayball drafted him and he was earning a shitload of volume in those couple of games last year when he was healthy before he blew out his knee. Um, I actually drafted him once today in the 20th round. I think he makes for a little bit of a fun, particularly on DraftKings, like you do some, some funky late Rams Giants thing with uh, him and Kyron or Tutu or all of them, Isaiah Hodgins, right? You can do some really funky stuff with both of those teams that I really, really like. And I think he fits, like I, I wouldn't be expecting week one Wandale to count in your team, but I think if you think about late in the season, you know, in the 20th round on DraftKings, like him and Kyron or something like that seems, seems or him and Tutu or whatever, feel or Puka if you're a Puka guy, that stuff feels pretty fun to me. So I think he's relevant, uh, mainly on DraftKings for me. Yeah, I mean DraftKings drafters maybe like like you said 19th 20th round probably not an underdog. Good point by Paulino, especially not, he's been undrafted all summer. We just got this news these contests are anywhere from 60 to 90% full. It's a great time to pull the trigger on him a little bit. You know again, you don't got to go overboard, but a, a few Wandale shares in the last round I think is is uh is totally fine. This is, I, have, I haven't been watching the highlight clips but uh Gerardo Gerardo says uh, Tutu is high-pointing balls out there. They must not be very high passes uh, (laughs) if he's high-pointing them. But uh, uh, on the Cardinals, I guess I should say Corey Clement did get cut, which uh, Keontae Ingram has been the number two there all summer. They've let us know that. So we've pretty much known that. But again, kind of like Trey Sermon, this this is like confirmed now. And then um, there was a little bit of whispering about CEH potentially getting cut for Daenerys Prince. That did not happen. CEH made the team. Daenerys Prince got cut. I suspect um, him in particular, kind of like Malik Davis, they'll try to sneak through to the practice squad. Um, but again, if you've been taking some CEH late, um, I was going to say you should feel good about that. That's not the case. You should never feel good about drafting CEH. But uh, all, all things considered, uh, at least he's not getting. <laughs> at least he's not getting. May not score any fantasy points, but uh, he's on the team. So you at least made made it that far. Yeah, and their wide receiver situation, they didn't get rid of any of the guys we were kind of tracking. Yeah, Justin Ross. Justin Ross made the team. Justin right. Ross made so the team. basically what's probably going to happen with them is Richie James will probably be like a punt returner, and I got this from listening to Daigle. But like basically expect Richie James to be in uniform because Thank he's God. the punt returner. Yeah, and expect Justin Ross to not be suiting up for game days. He's insurance on injury. M- insurance on MVS, I, I think, yeah. is uh, and Tony, of course. But Justin Watson is Justin Watson, a thorn in all of our sides, stealing snaps and running. running if Justin Watson is the guy this year. I quit running wind sprints. <laughs> he's the he's the fucking Chris Hogan of uh, 
of the the Chiefs. He's out there. He's out there. Uh, and you're going to play him in showdown like twice this year for $200, and he's not going to get a target, but you're going to tell yourself that it was a good play. Um, but I think Justin yeah. Ross is just kind of insurance on all those guys. Go ahead. I just want to address this comment from Only Blur saying, so what I'm getting from this stream is don't draft Colts, Packers, Packers. or Cardinals because they are all I draft young. the fuck out of the Packers. I was just going to say, like, dude, we did <laughs> not play Packers on this stream. Like, <laughs> no, like I and think we the said, Packers are going to be fine. And we said draft. I actually got Evan holds one of my highest own running backs. I draft Alec Pierce. I draft Josh Downs. I draft. We both draft Trey McBride. I draft Keontae Ingram. Um, it's not, don't draft those guys. It's we're not interested in paying the premium for the guys with the projectable volume. So um, Hollywood, you're paying a premium because he is of course the best player, but it's very, very Brandon cooks ish of last year, right? We paid a premium for Brandon cooks because he's the best player on a shit team. That's what you're doing for Hollywood and Michael Pittman. Now, those guys are younger, more exciting players. Um, I, 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 I'm not going to like hate on anyone that drafts those guys, whereas I kind of was with, with Brandon Cooks. But in terms of us, I'm actually drafting those teams. Like I said, Evan Hole's one of my dudes this year, but I'm being very price sensitive. Very strategic about how, and price. Yeah, I want the young guys. And and I want to I want to spend as little as possible because when dude if I'm gonna spend a sixth or a seventh round pick like I can get maybe the number one wide receiver on the Ravens <laughs> in the in that in that spot you know what I mean I can get rookies I can get great run J.K. Dobbins fucking goes in, in a similar range like I can get really really good players on teams that are really good or uh, certainly not tanking and so it's just you know that balancing act but definitely I'm not fading those those teams and the Packers. I'm absolutely not fading the Packers. Uh, you know, shout out to Rob actually has got, I, I draft a ton of AJ Dillon. Uh, Rob got me on that. I draft Jordan love. I draft Watson and Dobbs and Jane Reed and Musgrave. I, I, I don't really draft Aaron Jones, but I like, I, I I've, I've drafted Samari Torre a couple of times. Like I definitely draft the Packers. Musgrave was a guy that I was grabbing a ton of. He's rise. He's risen quite a bit. So it's a little a bit harder. But the Jordan Love Musgrave stack was something that I would turn to, especially because I draft elite QBs. So it just it was an easy second quarterback with easy stacks. Um, I'm not going out of my way to draft backers. Like I'm not pushing, I'm not pulling any of them up the board, really, no. is what I will say. But if they're there, it makes a ton of sense. And like you said, AJ Dillon is just probably mispriced by a round or two right now. Yep. So he's, he's just become- to me easy click for certain teams you're building. Great pick, standalone value and monster, monster upside if something happens to Aaron Jones, which is what can what more can you ask for outside of the top 100? Uh, Jordan Love and Luke Musgrave, RIP to the triple option strategy, by the way. Uh, the drafters blew that the fuck up uh, with all these late round tight ends shooting way up. I remember the days of, you know, getting Jordan Love in the 160s and Luke Musgrave in the last round and Hunter Henry in the last round and Jake Ferguson, Ferguson. in the last round. And oh, all those guys. I, Ferguson was my most drafted player for a while. Just like early in those, the year. All I those late round guys, man. Sucks. I had to it, relax when he got pushed up. Now, now it's Cole Turner season, baby. We had a we've 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 pivoted around to so why do you think we're talking about Trey McBride? Because all our other favorite late round tight ends are not late round tight ends anymore. They go, they go uh, much higher. Just to run through a couple of like fun fun names. I get this one isn't necessarily fun, but relevant. So Pierre Strong got traded from the Patriots to the Browns. Uh, so, which is not necessarily good for Pierre Strong, but it's not worse. That is for sure. I think he's going to be behind Jerome Ford. I would. 
I agree. Everything that they've said, they love Jerome Ford. I don't really know why, but they love they love Jerome Ford. I know he hasn't been healthy, but I think he's pretty much locked into the two there. But I do think Pierre Strong is going to be the three there. And they showed us that, obviously, by trading for him. But they also cut Demetric Felton, who um, they had been really giving a nice, strong look to in the preseason games because uh, he's a pretty good receiver out of the backfield. But he did not make the team. Uh, Miles Gaskin got cut for the Dolphins. So Savan Ahmed, they kept four running backs as well. Savan Ahmed um, made the Special team. And, yeah, and uh, uh, Ahmed also looked shot like he was shot out of a fucking cannon in the preseason. Like, I would not be surprised if he's getting snaps at Mixed the beginning of the early. year. I, I yeah. think A-Chain will eventually take that over, but I would not be surprised if, right, while Wilson's a little dinged up, uh, A-Chain's a little dinged up, I wouldn't be surprised if Ahmed's out there. So that, to the question before about should I flex Jeff Wilson, that, that's also part of the risk. Like, I, I would not be surprised with Ahmed. Another guy that was a kind of a, a popular team, a popular guy uh, from uh, our prospect bros, uh, Dwayne McBride, RIP to the Dwayne McBride experience. He made it all of uh, three months and uh, he got cut by the Vikings. So it is Alexander Madison and one of Ty Chandler or Kenny Wong Wu as the backup. And obviously the other one as the number three, it's been, it's been Wong Wu all summer, which is bizarre um and he hasn't really uh, been healthy so i don't really I almost know what just it's had a be. heart attack i just almost freaked out i i typed in mcbride to check my exposure and best ball mania and i they saw 19 percent <laughs> and i almost i almost i almost fainted on stream like when did i draft that much Dwayne mcbride but it was Trey mcbride <laughs> <laughs> yeah luckily i wasn't i wasn't into the Dwayne mcbride thing i get i got tons of other shit wrong i have zero Ooh. No, no Dwayne McBride teams Ooh, for me. So scary. that's, that's positive. Uh, I, I have a, some Ty Chandler and he is probably going to be just as useless. So it's not like it, not like it really matters, but um, that is about it. Oh, let's really quickly cover the Patriots. Uh, yeah. And then I do want to hit the last thing on the Colts. Then we'll get out of here on that since we kind of, we, we can finish and end with the, the hilariousness that is the Colts, but the Patriots cut all their quarterbacks, except Matt Jones. Um, they cut Bailey Zappi and then they cut uh, Malik Cunningham. They also cut uh, Kevin Harris and Ty Montgomery. I'm not really sure, honestly, what the Patriots are. Well, doing. they're probably they also- trying to clone Brian Hoyer so they can bring him yeah. in for his seventh stint with the fucking team. Cause God forbid you don't have a 50 year old quarterback on the roster. You know, you wouldn't keep the one that was the best of all time, right? But you'll you'll bring Brian Hoyer back at 45 years old every year or some shit bum like that. So oh, there's that. That is that is so 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 true. Um yeah, so I I mean I he'll probably as is the case usually when these when you you say things about all-time greats, um he'll probably dunk on me, but like man I think it might be time for old Bill to let somebody else take the operation over. Um, it just yeah. keeps getting worse. This team's not very good. Um, certainly doesn't help. You know, if they were in the Jags division or something, we might be having a different conversation, but they're in the toughest division in football. Not going to go well for them. I don't think this year. And I can't really figure out. I, I was, I was, I really thought Ty Montgomery was going to make the team, especially once they cut Kevin Harris. Uh, and I certainly thought, one of Zappy or, or Malik were going to make the team. So they're going to be looking out for another quarterback. Um, 
you know, somebody that gets cut or whatever, Will Greer got cut. Maybe it's him or maybe they're, maybe they do ship a seventh over for Brian Hoyer since he's, he's, I mean, Aiden O'Connell's better than him. Aiden O'Connell's better, I, I better, than, better than be Jimmy. Stream if that happens, I better not be on stream if that moment <laughs> happens. Um, then to wrap the Colt, we got it. We got to talk because it is honestly really hilarious. So, Colts have this JT shit going on, right? So JT's on PUP. Obviously, he does not count towards the active roster. They kept three running backs, like a normal team does, right? Most teams keep just three running backs. Sometimes the Rams are only keeping two, uh, so shout out to them. But it is uh, the aforementioned Evan Hall, Deion Jackson, and Zach Moss, who has a broken arm. (laughs) Um, We'll see if he's ready for week one. They, however, kept... Four and only four wide receivers. <laughs> I, I'm not sure exactly what the plan is. I'm also not sure what they're going to do with special teams because wide receivers are like a fucking linchpin of your special <laughs> special teams units. Um, it is Michael Pittman, Josh Downs, Alec Pierce, and Isaiah McKenzie. So even crazier is that they have four wide receivers and two of them are 100% slot only <laughs> wide receivers. They only have two outside wide receivers on the roster. Yep. Meanwhile, they kept not two, not three, not four, five tight ends. <laughs> they, have five, they have five tight ends uh, on this team, which again, you want to talk about teams showing you what they want to do. I think they're going to run the ball and I think they're going to try to protect AR a little bit. But the fucked up thing is none of the tight ends are any good. <laughs> they're all bad like it'd be one thing if you had a bunch of good tight ends right like uh i could see it uh, jelani i guess is hurt so maybe that's part of it maybe one of these guys will get cut when he comes back um but it's kylan granson and will mallory and uh i forget not alec ogletree that's a former linebacker but ogletree is the kid's uh last name and mo alley cox still floating around uh, who's basically Jesus just like an offensive, Christ. just like an offensive tackle, but they are, I, I don't, I don't know, man. So like when we were talking earlier, we probably should have covered that during the cold session, but like you talking earlier about this team is bad. They don't care that they're bad. They're unserious and they're showing us that they're unserious. Like if you didn't think that already with the Jonathan Taylor bullshit, look at what they did with their 53 man roster. <laughs> they have two outside wide receivers on the whole, then they're, they're, Two a couple years ago, first round pick and their second round pick, and they kept five fucking tight ends. Like, go I, bet the under. Go I, bet the under on the. They're on the terrible. Bet the Jags in week one for all alt lines. It's going to be a fucking bloodbath. Play Lawrence to Ridley stacks week one in DFS. Like, just fade the Colts. Fade the Colts. Fade the Colts. They're bad. They're a joke. This roster is pathetic, and they didn't even try to hide the fact that it's pathetic with the guys that they kept on the fifty three. But it's kind of hidden because no one's I haven't really heard people talk about how bad they're gonna be. It's like they're hiding in plain sight almost. Because it's almost like they're hiding behind the JT thing, right? Yes, a hundred percent. If the JT shit wasn't happening, like if he was actually just hurt and on the PUP, you know, or on IR or whatever, I feel like it would be getting its due, this what they just did with this roster. But it's like the the JT circus, like you said, is it's a cloud hanging over all what is the 
The JT thing is very much a circus, a but the, the way, fucking circus. it's a huge circus, but the like, that's the main stage. It's that's the main stage of the circus, but there's still a whole fucking circus oh, yeah. around the yeah. main stage. It's no one's looking at that because the main stage is so crazy, but there's still rides. The clown animals. cars stuff with yeah. tight ends. You there's, know, there's people over there throwing ping pong balls into the little, the, the shits and taking the fishing poles in to, you know, get the little goldfish or whatever. There's shit everywhere. It's, it's yeah. a circus, but it's just, we're all so fixated on that main stage that's going on up there that we can't see it. It's bad, dude. All right. I have a question for you, which I'm probably sure other people are wondering too. What do you have left the draft for teams like Ooh, across the three sites? Like you don't have to give an exact number, but like what yeah. are, what are you focused on over the next week or so? Done with the BBM, so I'm really not going to draft anything on on underdog. Mm-hmm. Oh, you'll appreciate this. So I did my lap my 150 uh, 150th BBM draft on stream last Tuesday or whatever before I went out of town last week, and yep. uh, it was good. had a had a had a great time. Uh, the chat was great. And then uh, over the weekend when I was gone, one of my BBMs got voided. So I had to do another <laughs> one. Uh, I was thinking about doing it on stream, but I mean, because it'd be funny to do, uh, but I didn't, I, I didn't feel like it because uh, I'm just kind of in the, the zone on the other sites. I uh, did it today and I got Jamar Chase 104. Fuck off. One, 104. So Jam- Jamar Chase. I hope and it then, gets voided. I hope that one then, gets voided too. Yeah. <laughs> If that one gets voided, we're we're uh, emailing support or Rudman's going to get a phone call. But because uh, even better, uh, Pollard fell to me like four picks past ADP in the second round. So we started Jamal Jamar Chase, Tony Pollard. First time I've got that combination in any draft all all summer. I know he Pollard was going at the two three turn. I just didn't happen to have any Chase Pollard teams, and so to get that was uh, was pretty fun in the last team. But yeah, so I'm done. I'm sure it was. With, I'm sure it was I'm great. Done. I'm done with the underdog. Uh, I have like 30 or something DraftKings Millie teams left. Um, that's pretty much all I'm doing over there because I got some some of the 555s five, five, in. <laughs> Monday, uh, yesterday morning before we're hitting the airport, shout out B. Kurt, uh, shout out Bernie, sent out a, a, a the bat signal to the chat that it was basically almost full. So I just yeah. ripped a few 555s. Five, five, I did draft JT on one of them um Oof. so that sucked but uh so pretty much just the DraftKings millie and then i imagine next week is just going to be drafters 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 because i got more than 50 left of drafters to do so that'll be my focus next week i got 30 drafters left for for the for the 20 dollar championship but we also have those tickets coming in for yep. um the august draft and I don't know because I have no communication with them, but my assumption is they're going to run a ticket weekend again this weekend. I would assume I would so. Ass- I would assume so. So I'm kind of like holding off a bit to just maximize like value on that. So mm-hmm. I have 30 left, but I don't think I'm going to fire another team until Friday on that. I have five BBMs left. I'm going to do my last one on stream on Sunday. I'll do it. I think we're going to, because it's the last Sunday stream, I'm going to do... Yep my last BBM and I'm going to do a drafters championship. So you get two drafts on Sunday. I'm only doing about 15 of the weekly winners and I have like seven or eight left of those to do. That's a good point. I I am going to do, I just want to add, I'm I'm going to do some, some more weekly winners. It's a little bit more about how much brain power and the time I have next week, but that will be, if I'm in a good, if I'm in a good spot with everything else, that will be, I'll, I'll definitely be doing some weekly winners and maybe we'll stream 
one or two weekly winners next week as well. Uh, have some fun with that. And I stopped drafting on DraftKings for reasons that I like. I had five drafts in a row that the the interface was just going haywire. So I was like, I I one point, sorry, I'm venting, but one point <laughs> I'm sitting there staring at the thing. I'm up in two picks, and then the whole screen just flashes, and I had auto picked. And I'm just like, what in the what are we doing here? So I think they made a lot of strides this year. I think they offer great contests, but at this point, dude, I was going to do some of the five, five, fives. I've actually pivoted some of that money and I've been firing. I think I've done three of the two fifty on drafters. Now I I just decided to pivot some of that money over there. I want to do that one too. Yeah. It's, it's like half full right now, but it's, it's a good contest. Um, it'd be nice to get the 102 and that. I won't, but it'd be nice. It'd be nice. <laughs> Instead of drafting from the fucking 109 every single high stakes draft that I do, it's been a thing. I love it. I love it. Um, but we, uh, I guess, super, super quick housekeeping. If you have not signed up yet for drafters, if you're watching us, maybe you already have. Obviously, Drafters Fantasy, one of our, our partners, you can sign up there. Swag. using there you go using promo code spike and you'll get a hundred percent deposit bonus up to one hundred dollars obviously that is uh five free entries into their twenty dollar drafters nfl best ball championship they also have a mini drafters best ball championship which is just three dollars to get in so you can that's filling if you, you want that you got to get into it now and that one's gonna fill so there ain't any overlay in that one but if you want to uh, dabble into their three dollar i would get in there quickly if you want to get into the twenty dollar like i said you can use promo code spike on top of I'm, i can't even like spout off all the free ticket offerings that they have there's so many they're giving away tons of free tickets follow their twitter account or check their website they're constantly posting new weekend promos month promos there will probably be something for the very last week something for the very last weekend Make sure you're following drafters and checking that out. But if you sign up using promo code spike, you can also get a free month of spike week premium access. So access to our tools, access to our rankings, access to all of our, anything that comes with our premium suite, um, which you can find on the website. Um, so yeah, drafters for this last, last week or so, lots of goodness, lots of free money out there for drafters. That is for sure. Anything else? before we get out of here i know yeah you'll be drafting on sunday i'm gonna try to record something i think um this week and then uh we'll be doing a bunch of stuff basically over the course of this next week and a half like i said want to do something with weekly winners i think i want to maybe try to stream one of the 250s on on drafters but so just be on the lookout our monday and tuesday shows are not going anywhere once the season comes here monday night best ball tonight spike week sickos on tuesday not going anywhere that will be continued on into the foreseeable future obviously this sunday will be rob's last sunday uh sicko sunday show because there's gonna be no more drafting on sundays after it's the season is here um but be on the lookout over the course of this next week and a half for ad hoc streams one-off streams pop-up drafts recorded shows recorded drafts all sorts of fun stuff we're going to try to pack as much in as we can over this next week and a half and if you subscribe and you use our rankings i'm gonna have those finished here tonight after this after this show i'm still trying to figure out where i'm gonna plop jt in that's the biggest one but uh those will be updated here in the next hour or two sounds good yeah nothing else for me i'm having a lot of fun this year oh you know what if you're feeling burnout 
you just remember you only have eight days left to draft. Make sure you're having fun is basically what I want to say. You have eight days left to draft, and I guarantee you, I don't know if, if this is your first or your second year drafting, but what happens when you are done next Thursday night when you sit down and you watch that first football game and you wake up the next morning and you can't draft, you're going to be like, holy shit, what do I do? <laughs> it's it's going to hit you for a few days. like, And there will be resurrection and playoff drafts that will pop up after a couple of weeks. Right. But that at first, you're like, it just becomes part of your life. So enjoy it. It basically don't, don't let it burn you out. Make sure you're enjoying it. Make sure you're having fun still, but you are going next Friday morning. It's going to hit you. Like if you normally draft in the morning, the afternoon at night, you're going to feel it. You're going to be like, Holy shit. I I'm not drafting today. I'm not drafting this weekend. So it's, it's a really great point. Um, I actually think this past weekend, you know, when I was out of town, I wasn't drafting around the clock. I was drafting because you can't take like three days off. Otherwise you're not going to get everything done. I had to draft the six flags. I wasn't drafting. I wasn't. I was drafting the morning of a fan of the FanDuel Live Final. Supposed to be, you know, making a baseball team. I'm drafting a fucking uh, best ball team. But um, I, I feel rejuvenated. I'm really excited for this last uh, week and a half. I think it's going to be a ton push, of fun. Baby. Getting through camp, the the camp cuts and and all that kind of stuff. Uh, also, is is pretty fun and exciting. And yeah, we'll be here streaming plenty and posting tons tons of drafts and uh we will be doing in-season stuff like you said resurrection i mean DraftKings has a monday like monday morning they launch a new uh every single week there's a new best ball tournament so we'll be dabbling in some of that too but of course it's not quite the same as uh you know bbm and the DraftKings million and everything but we will catch you guys uh here in the next couple of days again use promo code spike on drafters that baby is going to overlay big time <laughs> there is we are not going to get close to filling so if you are probably trying to prioritize 70 to 75 percent is probably where it's going to get like yeah. and that's being optimistic on 75 percent. i think i i totally agree so if you're prioritizing your time check everything out over there and we will see you guys in the next couple of days peace Those were some spicy takes. Want to stay up to date with all of the other spicy takes we're going to have over here at Spike Week? Why don't you press that subscribe button below? You turn notifications on. We draft a team. Boom. You know about it. We have another spicy take. Boom. You know about it. You can be there. You can draft with us. You want to stay up to date? That's how you do it. All right. We'll catch you later next time here at Spike Week. Spike Week.